Hello, this is episode seven of the Digital Sociology Podcast with me, Chris Till. Um, in this episode, I'm talking to uh, Justine Gagnou, um, and I was talking to her at the British Sociological Association uh, Conference earlier this year. And um, this is a slightly shorter uh, interview than uh, most of my previous ones because uh, we didn't have too much time, but I thought it was really interesting to uh, to grab Justine while I could and hear some more about her research, which she's doing as part of her PhD, um, where she's a student in sociology at the University of Glasgow, and she's doing some really good work about um, sort of peer-to-peer surveillance, if you like, on Facebook and social media. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch about anything on this uh, episode or the podcast generally, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris H. Till and go to my blog, which is thisisnotasociology.blog. And you should be able to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So here's my chat with Justine. Okay, so I'm uh, here again at the BSA, and I'm talking to uh, Justine Gonyu, um, and who's uh, going to talk to me about some research she's done about the use of social networks um, by uh, young people, um, and particularly around, I think, the, um, uh, the kind of uh, practices of checking uh, one another um, online. So, hi, Justine. Hi. So, um, could you just uh, tell me a bit about what? interested you about looking at this this particular topic? I think it's been a long interest of mine um, on surveillance. I guess I've been always like very interested at surveillance and how it expresses itself and I guess social networking sites um, have been looked at uh, from a surveillance perspective but it was more like top-down surveillance or like commercial data profiling and I was more interested into the intricacy of like peer-to-peer surveillance and how it crosses different contexts. So yeah, that's how I yeah. came about this topic, I guess. Yeah, that's really interesting. You've you've kind of you've talked about it as being a uh, kind of a humorous or kind of a playful yeah. uh, experience. So um, is, is that to do with um, something else you mentioned? The kind of the Facebook stalking yeah. idea. Is it, it, you see that as quite a playful thing. I think what I do, but also like my participants did, mm. um, and it's part for me of how these practices are becoming normalized mm. because there, there's been like there's um, sort of a consumption aspect of information and also like playfulness about it. So some of my participants were saying that they were doing like some Facebook stalking but then um, um, funny things to do is like to just like go on the people's profile and go on the pictures, profile pictures and then to just click the arrow that goes to the, the oldest picture and then publish it as a, as, a, as a playful thing to do in between friends. Right. So there was also also this is that because the oldest one would be the most embarrassing? Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was sort of a, a cheeky things to do in between friends, um, as well as um, something that they were doing more, like checking people's profiles um, on a more like regular basis on newsfeed. So not necessarily going to the profile, but more like what is there on the newsfeed and um, going from there rather than necessarily going to the profile. Yeah, no, and I think that's interesting that, that this this idea of um, sort of stalking being kind of turned into a new kind of concept uh, and it's almost like um, I think from the way you des- described your participants talking about it it's almost kind of like a, a kind of a guilty pleasure or yeah. something like that would that be kind of accurate definitely yeah, yeah. I mean, there was like a sort of a fascination sort of repulsion aspect of it so it was more like 
everybody does it and um, I've definitely done it but they, they were sort of reluctant to give me like examples it was more like a friend of a friend uh, but then like when they were drilling into the examples you could see that they, they, they were fascinated by the idea of like quantified self and quantified information about people and, and knowing more and having access to this information even though it wasn't like relevant necessarily like directly to them there's the fascination aspect of it and they were doing like some um, I, I would call it like a random searching or it's what you do with Wikipedia as well like you click on a link and you click on another link and, another yeah, link and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were doing that with friends or like but also like clicking on link of friends and friend of friends and like going with that. <laughs> yeah, and so you've talked about this as kind of uh, what you call it, like checking practices. Mm-hmm. So you see it as, as, as kind of a practice in that way. And um, so, in what kind of context were people doing that to kind of, sort of check it, check other people out? What, uh, what kinds of groups or what kinds of scenarios were they doing that in? So there were different types of scenarios. I guess the um, first scenario, the one that was very obvious, was a romantic context. Um, mm. So dating context, so prospective dates, but also previous. Uh, boyfriend and girlfriends that were obviously um, checking their profiles um, to to get to know what they were um, doing yeah. or to get to know if they would get along in case of prospective dates. Um, but then there were like more surprising uh, contexts, so like flatmates, flag chairs was a was a very prominent context. They were checking like the, if they would get along with their prospective flatmates and if they had common interests and what sort of person the flatmate would be. Um, prospective friends, so people that they were meeting uh, in new contexts such as university or whatever new context in the pub or whatever. Then um, once they knew the name, they were like sort of checking uh, in the act of friending. They were like checking the, the profiles as well. And I guess professional context as well, so like um, colleague and also like uh, employers, but more, most likely colleague. Um, so more like peer to peer rather than top um, down. Um, yeah, and it's that point. Uh, so what you what you focused on um, is this kind of peer peer to peer kind of um, that level, that kind of quite horizontal yeah. kind of checking. And um, so, uh, do you see that as as a form of surveillance, or is that something else? Um, I, f- I see it, and my participant definitely um, didn't see it as surveillance. I think it's more like what I call like scrutiny, and uh, it's more uh, it's a mixture of caring and it's a mixture of also like wanting to know so sort of fascination consum- consuming information um, and, and, and also like managing your relationships so, so this were the mixture uh, that were there um, I don't think they saw it as surveillance because when they were describing surveillance they were describing in terms of intentionality and I think these practices aren't so like intentional I think they're just like routinely practiced in their everyday life but they're not like oh I'm going to check all my friends out was something that they were doing more routinely rather than with an attention or like with um, um, in-depth things yeah, yeah sure and I think that that's why that's that, that, that word you use scrutiny is, is kind of interesting here and it gets at something different to yeah. just surveillance um, and also it's um, it's a different a different relationship to, to kind of hierarchy yeah. uh, and this idea as well I think that's uh, that's interesting um I guess also it relates to um, reviewing and accountability and transparency. So um, one of the points I'm also making is like the, the creeping of more like corporate and commercial understanding um, on this platform, so into the personal realms, the idea of um, 
trust, the, build, the building of trust and like sort of the rushering um, from one another, so mm-hmm. using social network to check out this person or to cross-check information. Uh, and not necessarily, and they won't, uh, my participant wouldn't explain that in those terms, obviously, but there was like this aspect un- under, um, underlying uh, the, those practices. Yeah, and so you see that as, as partly a kind of a, a, a creeping of the, the corporate yeah, into, I think the, partly, into the everyday. Yeah. So is that in the sense that um, some of your participants are maybe uh, using it in quite an entrepreneurial way in terms of managing managing their identity, their yeah. profile, and even for professional purposes as well? Is that is that right? Yeah, definitely. I think um, a chunk of my participants, and obviously not all of them, but some of them were interested in like sort of media career or at least career that were. Um, where media were important, so they yeah. wanted to be saving. They wanted, and they knew like opportunities would be there on on social media. So they were um, not only managing their impression, but also um, trying to manage the, the the mixture in between their own personal life and the presentation of their life as professional as savvy. Yeah. Um, so that was also part of that, definitely. Yeah. And also like making contacts. Yeah, they didn't. Same thing than uh, with checking practices. They never really said it in those ways. And no. networking wasn't like a, a thing. Although when they were talking about networking, it was just like an abstract way, like abstract yeah. level. But yeah, they, they were definitely checking people out to know like what were their interests, but also their professional interests yeah. and, and their work and their workplace and where yeah. they were based. Um, so obviously they were doing that like that, but they were not describing yeah. these pa- practices in those terms. Um, were, were you kind of uh, analysing this in relation to different social networks? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, so did, and did you find people were sort of manage those practices in different ways on the different networks? Yes, I think, um, well, all my participants used Facebook uh, uh, and they were managing the impression um, on Facebook um, like broadly because everyone is on Facebook so they're their family their previous work colleague their previous work bosses um, their previous friends and so on but then um, some of my participants the ones that were more like entrepreneurial they were using different types of platforms such as Twitter um, and Instagram so the one that were interested in more like media career or like um, film career whatever we're using Instagram and the one more like political journalist career we're using Twitter and as a way of showing that they were saving they were engaging with social media and in, in those ways yeah. um, and I think you've um, so you've mentioned that you you actually used used some of their kind of data or their, their kind of profiles mm-hmm. as a sort of a, a prompt methodologically to, to stimulate uh, conversation in interviews. So, how did that work? Um, yeah, I actually used um, participants' um, activity log to prompt discussions. Obviously, uh, I agreed with them previously um, pre to the interview yeah. to use it, and I um, ma- made sure that they still agreed on it when we were doing the interview. Uh, but the, the the good thing about it is when you're talking about social networking site practices, I guess. A lot of participants stayed a bit abstract and, and, and general, so like mm-hmm. using their activity log was a way of like um, feeding discussions, saying, oh, so you've liked this picture or, or you've been friends with that person. It was also a bit uh, difficult because it, it showed very um, blatantly the fact that um, the, dif- the discrepancy in between practices and what they were saying, their perception of their practices. So for instance, they could say, well, 
I don't really um, friend people often, and then they will show me the activity log, and it, it will show up that they friended someone like two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that they were deceitful to me. I'm just saying it's, it's the difference between perceptions sure. and and practices, and the technology uh, recorded everything. So obviously, that was mm. like a sort of um, assessment of what they were doing. So that was quite interesting to discuss that with them. Um, yeah, and I also used the, the, the um, as I said, the search history because I'm interested into checking um, practices and how you can use social networking site to search um, and check out uh, pages as well as profiles. And again, I was encouraging them to just discuss in those terms, um, in the, their own terms, what they were saying on their screen. I didn't even ask them to show it to me because I wasn't interested into like how many people they check out. I was interested into their perception. But it turned to turn into like um, a justification of like how many people that and, and and most of participants they sort of took every single entry and explained with very lengthy justification why it was okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, that was, I guess it's a funding in it, in itself anyway. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And making sense of that yeah. just of just raw kind of connections. Yeah. And um, something. Um, when we were talking earlier, um, before the interview, um, you mentioned about people kind of actively constructing their their, their, their kind of spheres or, or, or their, their, their communities by... I think some of your work was done around the time of the uh, Scottish yeah. uh, independence referendum. People were um, deliberately uh, kind of unfollowing groups or pages or, or, or people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so what was... What, what, how did you make sense of what was going on there? Um... Obviously, so the, the feedback took place um, just before and uh, throughout the, the debate that was going on around the Scottish referendum. And um, most, not most, but uh, a majority of my participants were uh, engaged uh, in that debate. And I think it was very divisive um, in, in Scotland anyway. And uh, on social media especially, um, a lot of uh, young people reported that... that they were upset with some of the the, the posts they've seen and, and and a way of like protecting themselves, but also to have a sort of an environment where they could express their opinion was to unfollow or, or unfriend mm. um, people with view that were opposite to their their, their views. That's something. Yeah. So they were kind of. Would you say it's kind of constructing a sort of a safe space or, uh, or a welcoming? Um, more like a space that was relevant for them. Right. I think they, okay, they yeah. use um, social networking site as tool for to create like relevance for them. Like not necessarily sure. safe because some of my participants were actually uh, quite um, opinionated and, and wanting to engage in like sort of oppositional debates. So they, right. they they still like created a space that they thought were was relevant for them. So not necessarily like homogeneous, mm. but something that they they were in mm. control of. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and so uh, probably just to kind of uh, start to finish up on, but um, I think the way that you talk about surveillance and the kind of the, the different kinds um, is really interesting. And I wondered if you felt... So, so the, the, the people that you were talking to uh, were mostly 20 to 25 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. Um, were they concerned about surveillance, would you say, in the way that, in the terms of the kind of political, digital surveillance, the kind of Edward Snowden kind of... Wait, was that something that was of uh, an, an issue for them? 
I think they were concerned in, in uh, about surveillance, but in an abstract way. Right. And also they sort of um, accepted it. So for them, it was part of participating. So if you wanted to take part um, on social networking sites, you have to accept that they collect your information for commercial purposes um, or that you do your information is there for the government to see whatever. Like they, they sort of accepted that. And because they they were not in control of it, they, they would say, well, that's the, the compromise that I'm making by taking part into this platform. So they were concerned, but sort of like cynical and a bit pragmatical about it. And so, yeah, we, we all surveyed and monitored. Um, and also they were, uh, they were using the, I guess, the classical argument, which is I have nothing to hide um, in relation to this yeah. sort of abstract surveillance. Yeah. So their, their, their concern were more like local and sort of like personal uh, scrutiny right. rather than just uh, this abstract level of surveillance that's well a bit like floating up yeah. in the air but then what they were concerned about is like people that they knew what they would see right. on their uh, social networking site rather than the bigger picture yeah and um, just thinking about how people kind of manage that um, and something um, I've not researched this directly so I'm not sure but kind of anecdotally it seems to me that um, generally younger people um, are quite actively aware of, of managing their, pro- their, mm-hmm. their, their profiles and, and, and even different networks and of yeah. thinking about what's appropriate in this context and what's mm-hmm. in, in another. Is that something that you, that, that you found at all? Oh yes, um, all my participants were openly uh, explaining how they managed their impression, which picture mm-hmm. they would post or which picture they wouldn't post or tag or untag. And they were really, uh, yeah, really aware of that everybody would do this and that um, what you see on social networking site is just a side of the person it's just it's not it's a certain view on yeah and they were always saying yeah it's all the positive that you're going to see on on Facebook which didn't mean that they were not feeling that they were missing out by seeing other people's stuff even though knowing that they were presenting themselves but they were definitely expecting uh, everybody to present themselves online that was something that was and so therefore a definite. that's what they do as well because yeah. that's what you do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. great okay definitely. great thanks so much for talking well, thank to you me. very much for having me here there was my interview with Justine if you'd like to follow her on Twitter she's at JGGNX and you can find her blog which is justinegonyou.wordpress.com uh In next week's episode, I'll be talking to Warren Pierce about his work on uh, climate change uh, communities and discussions um, online, and particularly some innovative methods he's using um, to understand how uh, communities and networks are built around YouTube comments. For the podcast, the theme music is from Welcome to Video Game Island by Mole, and the incidental music is Disco Stomp by Jonas78. See you next time.